0: You're listening to the Ghost Goal Podcast. Gerard
1: with space, out towards barrage. He's beat tip through it. The goalkeeper made contact. Luis Garcia wasn't even the line. Gas hooked it away. Goal! The first goal of the semi-final is a Liverpool goal, and it's come down to Draga, who this time is. The fifth penalty taker for Chelsea in the final shootout. He's done. Barkley topped in a LA late equalizer as Chelsea were able to draw 2-2 with Manchester United before Jose Mourinho tried to go full kebab. Never go full kebab. Spurs won 1-0 at West Ham, thanks to Eric Lamella. Manchester City put five past former long-time keeper Joe Hart. Watch out, guys, because Kevin's back. Liverpool won 1-0 Thank- at Huddersfield, thanks to Mosala. And tonight on Monday Night Football, Arsenal were able to turn things around after conceding a first-half goal to- to beat Leicester three one. Welcome to the Ghost Gold Podcast. I'm Andrew Passaro in here with Alex Moss and Javier, who is you can obviously hear is clearly on his high horse right now. So uh, we'll get to that later. Uh, I mean, for, I was gonna I was gonna
0: cut that out, but yeah, no,
1: you can't I, cut I, that I, out. I kind of I, I kind of want it because I kind of like him getting his head of himself exactly. as much as You got you got to have like it's, some record of me, you know, like getting excited that, about Arsenal. It's not even that. It's just that, like, I'm. I want it for the inconsistencies because we were talking about this earlier and and today. I know he's going to go on some diatribe about how Mesut Ozil is the greatest human who's ever walked the earth and is the greatest footballer. But if you go five episodes, I challenge you go five episodes ago and ta- and hear Javier talk about how he much he hates Mesut Ozil or talk about or go about six months ago where he wanted. Arsene Wenger sacked where last, like two episodes ago, he wanted him to take over Barcelona. So I just wanted in there for for the sheer inconsistency. He can take over Barcelona.
2: He just just wasn't for Arsenal anymore.
1: That's definitely not what you said. That is 100% not what you said. And Alex knows I'm right here. So that's why we're going to leave it in here because. Alex and I can at least take off our red and our blue, and at the end of the day, call a spade a
2: spade. Where you really? seem to be, yes. We'll absolutely. have to go. We'll have to go much more in depth on this, you know, in some other episode here. Solid teaser, uh, guys. Solid, teaser, yeah, for yeah, solid <laughs> teaser for later
1: in the pod. Yeah, solid teaser for later in the pod. That's a big thing that they teach you at radio school. Uh, let's jump right into Chelsea Manchester United, uh, which Alex got the scoreline correct. Rüdiger t- in the twenty first, Martial in the fifty fifth and seventy third, and then of all players. To come in and tap in the winner, we had Ross Barkley in the 90th 6th and then after that, you saw a what was it? A Chelsea assistant coach celebrate right in front of Jose Mourinho and the entire Manchester United bench, and well, basically, we almost had a UFC situation on our hands. So, also, did you uh, say?
0: Did you say kebab?
1: Yeah, I definitely said kebab, and I'm, I want you to keep it like that because I, I refuse to learn how to say that guy's name. <laughs> Fine by me, as
0: long as it was on purpose.
1: <laughs> it was. I, I think I butchered it the first time, and I was like, fuck it, I'm sticking to it. And so I was like, I'm just going to let the train roll at this point. So, um, But uh, honestly, like a really solid opening match on Saturday morning, but I'm sure Alex has a lot more thoughts to uh, to give about the draw.
0: I mean, I don't, I, I don't want to talk too much about the fracas that happened uh, after that the equalizer. That was equalizing the same goal. word I was going to use. Yeah. yeah. It was the same, yeah.
2: same word I was going to use. Right. It was, a, it was a great match, so it shouldn't ruin
0: I don't, it I don't a think it, good okay. match. We'll get to the match, but the one thing I'll say about the fracas was that it was 2-1 in the second half, and I was watching the game at Javier's place, and I just turned to him and said, dude, watch, if Chelsea get an equalizer here, Mourinho is 100% going to do something— to change the narrative away from united through away to one lead and just just as i said 95th minute chelsea get the equalizer and you know I'm not. I'm not saying Marco Ianni, the Chelsea assistant, who celebrated Mourinho's face, was right to do what he did. Like he deserves to be like punished in some way. I think he was charged by the FA today. But Jose Mourinho chose to get up and go after him, and like the the guy like ran away down the the tunnel. Mourinho got up and was basically going for him. Like, not that he was going to throw punches or anything, but he he made it into a bigger thing. I, I don't like how many other managers in the league. If someone did that to them, no one else would do, do you that. Did, like maybe no Klopp? one else. Maybe Klopp if he really no. felt no. If he no. really felt aggrieved during the match.
2: No, he might get up and like yell at the guy and tell him to go F off, but like I don't see him like running out of his technical area down the tunnel after the guy. Only guy right. who does that is Mourinho. So I've point- never seen Klopp
1: have a moment like right. that. And it's the as the, the guy who's watched the most of him, I've never even seen him it's very rare you see him get in the face of another manager, let alone even get close to the, the opportunity where he could throw punches. The only Premier League manager I could really see and I don't think he's not in the Premier League anymore but I I, I feel like Slavin Bilic might might have been the guy to maybe go after somebody maybe
0: maybe but I mean he was coaching West Ham for what like three years and never really did anything like that and he probably had reason to at some point Um, my point just being that you can think that Mourinho had any like all the right to to do that but at the end of the day he made a calculated decision to get up and go after that guy and I personally just kind of think that it was to change the whole conversation about like how we view that match then going to the match just a really really disappointing result that we kind of predicted here on this pod just saying that the last time Chelsea played a noon p.m. kick or a noon kickoff after an international break was the West Ham game and we looked flat I mean, frankly, we didn't look anywhere, like, good enough on or off the ball uh, for certain periods of the game to really, like, say that we deserve to win. Frankly, like, 2-2 kind of feels like uh, like we just, we, we got away with one there. So, uh, considering that, I'm, like, uh, I'm obviously happy to keep the unbeaten streak or whatever it is that we're, we have going on alive, but... We needed to win one of those games against Liverpool or Man United and we've come away with two draws and that's three draws in our last three Premier League games and when you look at it that way it's no it's not really it's not really great.
1: It's uh, you're actually on points with Arsenal now who are f- moved up to fourth place with their victory today both teams on 21 points behind and Tottenham uh, too right Yep. Yep. Tottenham also on twenty one, but uh, Chelsea has the superior goal differential than Arsenal than Tottenham, and Manchester United sit all the way down in tenth place, a full seven points behind Chelsea, Arsenal, and Spurs. You guys are nine.
2: Welcome. <laughs> yes. And they, yes, Seriously, like this was the best result for Javier and myself. I would have taken. I would have taken a United win to be honest. Like I don't even consider United much of a top four threat anymore. Javier I mean, loves lapping up but, my tears. But like but I'd rather Chelsea fully dragged into the you know into, into the into the race with us. But it's okay. I'll take a draw. I'll take a draw. I, I think for the three of us the
1: draw is probably the
2: best. Yeah, it, yeah, in yeah. terms
1: of the United In terms of the United aspect, I think that's the best because whether whether United decide to fire Mourinho or not, they do have the pieces like that's that's the thing like that's and like the further they can drop down the more like the better for all of us because fine they're 9 points behind Manchester City right now which is a lot and it's it, but it's still they're, all, they're we played what 10 games 11
0: games I mean they're out of the league title race yeah 9 points to make up like Man City and Liverpool, at least, like you're not even considering Chelsea, Arsenal, and Tottenham. But Man City and Liverpool aren't dropping nine points to Man United, I don't think personally. Even if it is this early in the season,
1: no, I, that's not a. I mean, based on last year, you're absolutely right. I, I don't think that they're a team that we can can dismiss, though. That's the thing. Like this is there, the fear factor of playing United might be gone. But on their day, they can beat any team. And that's and that's the thing that scares me is that what happens if they, they suddenly have their day. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you look at the lineup that they trot out there, and it's it was very similar to what you guys kind of talked about in the in the preview pod. Martial and Rashford both out there. You have Pogba, Matic, and Mata in midfield. The surprise was um,
0: Mata, and Mata played really well. They actually played him as like a number 10, and he was excellent.
2: See, I was kind of surprised Alexis was nowhere near the starting 11 in this one. Uh, you know he's he's a player that just got the winner last week and there was no report of an injury. I think he played over the international break. He played, I think, a game for Chile, but then wasn't even on the bench for United and there was never yeah, really he was. anything. He came on. He was. He was. Oh, he, he came, came on. on but he... Right, but I mean, I, he didn't he didn't do anything. Right, he didn't get any relevant it, game time. It was last ten minutes. They already had the lead. It, which is which is surprising, right? I mean, Mourinho brought on like you know his defensive options before he you know he brought on like you know Herrera and. Um, Who who was the other player who he brought on? Did he bring on a center back? I mean, no, he brought on Andreas Pereira. Pereira, right? right. That that's who it it was. And I was and I was confused. I was like, I was like, really? This is like who you're bringing on um, in your in your moment of need to when you're up two one. It it's interesting that he turns to players like that, and and I think it's got to be a little bit damning to him. Like I think you got to give him credit for starting Martial again, but at the same time you got to think. You know why did they go and buy Alexis and stunt this guy's growth? He had scored in three straight games right before they bought Alexis. They benched him right afterward, and I mean, he, he this guy's, this guy's, you know, he's amazing. He's a great talent. I mean, he scored two great goals in a big game, and and one, I, and one great goal. Uh, I think both were nice. Both no, were nice goals. Okay, one, one was okay. One was lucky. One was very lucky. Yes, you're right. You're right. But I just I think that like. United really messed up with this Alexis. I mean, it's it seems like it's it's causing them all sorts of problems. And regardless of what happens this year, I think that's going to have to be a problem that they that they fix moving forward.
1: Well, I mean, look, Anthony Martial too. Like he's shown it in his entire Manchester United career. I think his first his first appearances against Liverpool had a great great goal in that game. He has shown if there's a big game for Manchester United, he's going to step up and he's going to win it for them. He's done it so many times. The problem is. The other what's so that, that's five ten games against the big teams in the in the Premier League, the, the problem is the other twenty eight games of the season. He's not too bad and in those either. He's not he's not bad, but also too. I mean, he's a player we all know doesn't like being pushed out wide. He considers himself a striker. He has to play as a left winger. I mean, everyone loves comparing him to Thierry Henry, and he's got the same problem that Terry Henry had at Juventus that. He was a player who wanted to play directly through the center and felt that he was good enough. Didn't get the opportunity and eventually left. And the bigger the bigger issue with him at Manchester United versus what was going on with with uh, Thierry Henry at Juventus is the wages. He's on an absurd amount of money at Manchester United. And when he was bought from Monaco, uh, there was the possibility he was bought for like thirty five million pounds outright. And then there was all these add on clauses. There was an extra you know extra five million when he scores X Y Z amount of goals. An extra ten million if he gets. Nominated for this award Extra five. You know the the, It's not just The wages that he is on Is higher than the average Premier League player It's the When he goes and makes So many appearances And balls out You've got to send Monaco an extra amount of money And that's what's Made it difficult For United to move on from him It's just the, the, the The contractual obligations And I don't know if he I still think he's going to Last at United longer Than Mourinho For the sole purpose Of what's going on With that front office And we've talked about this forever he wasn't he wasn't a Mourinho signing Sanchez who was isn't working out and I don't know this this is any other you know most other years um, uh, a Manchester United and a Chelsea fan would probably look at a 2-2 draw on a Saturday right after the uh, right after the international break and be like you know what that's probably a fair result like that's that's probably good but for Manchester United to lose those points, that was huge for them. That was that's massive. real. That's yeah. very bad. And also for Mourinho again, the the point of contention of how long should he stay? What's going to happen? It's it, those messages. I mean, which start it start early because it's the Premier League and because of all the money being spent. But those those things are only going to get louder. And I know the fans are like, it's the front office's fault. It's not Mourinho's fault, but eventually like if they continue you know if six weeks down the road and they're still nine points back and they're still not even close to the top four well they are close to the top four but if they're still six points out of a top four spot in nine weeks that there's there's not much that the front office can do but there's a lot that a a managerial change could do so we'll see how it all plays out they are gonna throw more money at
0: that bitch (laughs)
1: that's what that's what manchester united always does uh, let's jump over to Spurs, who got a one 0 victory at West Ham, thanks to a Eric Lamella goal. Uh, this little London derby uh, wasn't uh, wasn't the most electrifying of uh, of games on Saturday, but it definitely not at least not in that time slot. Um, we saw Yarmolenko go off in the first half, um, and it looks
0: Harry like Kane, he's going to be out for a while. Yeah, he's yeah, ru- and that ruptured ar- his Achilles, I think. Which is like a six month injury, something like that.
2: It's a six month minimum. Harry he Kane might. with no goals against Cardiff and West Ham.
0: Yeah, it's kinda, that's
2: rough. It's kind of it's kind of odd. Is, he, is, is Harry having his uh, his August spell in you know in October? Where he just doesn't score a goal. He you know he's he's moved it he's moved it down a couple months. Yeah,
0: he's just what? not going to score a goal in October. And <laughs> that means it was supposed to be September. He skipped September and just gone straight yeah. to October, doing right. Right. fuck all in October.
1: I mean, my big thing with Harry Kane, though, is the same biggest issue that we talked about with Spurs the last couple of weeks. They're really injured. He's dropping so into midfield right now.
0: Like, Well, that that's because his normal ball winners of Erickson and Deli Alli aren't there to get him the ball. Erickson was finally back on the bench, and so was Moussa Dembele, but they didn't get in the game. Maybe, maybe Dembele might have, but I don't think Erickson did. It was... It's it's rough to watch. Like you see, it's not just the fact that he drops into midfield like that. We've talked about that before. How like that's not the best use to, use of his talents. It's when he starts trying to make like driving runs with the ball at his feet, like from midfield, like and that that uh, that young center back that West Ham have, Issa Job, was just like every time Harry Kane would just pick he was up the just ball, picking it off, yeah, and, yeah, every time he pick up the ball and start running at him, Job was just easily able to tackle it. Like that's not Harry Kane's game. He's not like he's not Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo or Eden Hazard or someone like that. Like you. Gonna set him up like more so than he he creates for himself. I really really
2: disliked um, the Winks and Sissoko midfield. That Winks, deploying, Dyer, Sissoko deploying yeah. deploying Sissoko as your deep lying midfielder. I, oh god! I mean, I know that he had the assist for the goal, and he and he didn't have a bad cross. But outside of that, I mean, how how does this guy how does this guy keep getting a start? Pochettino just loves him, and he, I think he's just. I don't even think he should be anywhere near. A Premier League team, let alone Tottenham, but every time that, that he starts for them, I always think Tottenham are gonna to get a bad result. And I mean they almost did. West Ham West Ham could have could have gotten a result here and, and that's that's a couple of results now for Tottenham where they haven't played particularly well. They haven't really had their best players out there or been playing free flowing football, but they keep getting wins. And that's a little bit worrying for me because at some point, you know, Pochettino probably going to get this team rolling again.
0: It's, it's impressive. I'm just going to say it because obviously Tottenham don't really get like any love. Not even, Definitely not from this podcast, but nope. you know, most podcasts I listen to that are similarly about soccer and the Premier League and stuff like they talk about Arsenal. They talk about Chelsea and Liverpool and City and everyone like that and United falling apart. But when it comes to Tottenham. They they haven't been eye catching, but at the same time, they're on the same amount of points as Chelsea and uh, Arsenal, and they've been in two two points behind Liverpool. They've been in uh, the top three. They've been in the top three of all of the last three years. Like, if anything, they're the ones that uh, Chelsea and Arsenal should really be looking to to fall off and not uh, like Liverpool and City, because obviously that's not going to happen.
1: Yeah, I I look at this city. I look at this Spurs team, and it's something I'm going to talk about when we get to the Liverpool game, but. Getting wins when you're not at your best, whether it's form, whether it's injury, is something that's very difficult to do in the Premier League. And it hasn't been aesthetically pleasing for Spurs for a couple weeks now, but they've gotten the results. If they can somehow, maybe it's Christian
2: Eriksen coming back to
1: play. Yeah, I think it's going to get
2: Eriksen, Ali, Dembele all back in their team, right?
1: Once I think the bigger two because Dembele has been more in than out or more out than in over the last year. He's but who had do you play there? Problems. He like he
2: doesn't really have like I feel like I mean if you're playing Sissoko or 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 Winks Winks is the Winks, Dembele replacement. I don't know, but like ugh, yeah, that's the one of like those two players. I really play. don't like that. You know? Winks isn't the
1: long, bad. The long-term play, I think, is that Dembele may leave this summer. I mean, there's he should have
0: some... left, right? Like, it's just he's he's not been good this season when he's played. I think is people's main problem with him. He looks like unmotivated and kind of like off. Alderwheel yeah. too, kinda. Does, well, doesn't it
2: feel like he also doesn't feel like he should, like, well, like no, he the de- wanted
0: to leave? The, the defense has been, for the most part, fine in the Premier League. They've, okay, got, yeah. they've got a good amount of clean sheets against, like, just the, the problem is all of these games are forgettable. The only, like, bit major game they've played this season was the Liverpool home game, and they lost. And well, they beat United had, that 3-0. Right, that's true. I, see, that's, I forgot about that, like, at United, Why did I right. why did I forget about that? It's just That, that was like, their big result of the season, Tottenham's right? But you but just also, forgot about it. There's nothing new or sexy or interesting about Tottenham, so we automatically just sort of like put them to the side in our brains. And we consider them, but not really as seriously as like some of these other uh new and changing teams.
1: But yeah, the biggest thing for Spurs get healthy. That's all like that's like I have nothing else to say about Spurs until they get healthy. Um, And the fact that they're picking up results, while they're not healthy, says a lot. It says a lot about Pochettino. Uh, Other games from the 10 o'clock slot before we jump over to City. Bournemouth, nil, nil with Southampton. Alex teased that he wanted to pick this after we all picked lots of goals in this game, mainly from Bournemouth. Uh, Cardiff, 4-2 over Fulham. Uh, Crazy game. Yeah, no one was expecting the goal, Fiesta. Fulham Um, are in trouble.
2: Fulham are in trouble. Yeah, that's
0: I think what we got to ask you. We
2: got to introduce them to our to our, you know, the relegation crew of Palace, Newcastle,
0: you know. So that. I give you I give you 10 bucks to put down a bet on like who their next manager is in like Let's December. Let's just put the 10 dollars
1: down. Uh, who are you who like, Are you
0: taking Sam Allardyce or David Moyes?
1: <laughs> I'd rather Sam. I would much rather <laughs> I would much rather Big Sam.
2: Sam too. Oof. I
0: mean, I mean Moyes but got West Ham Big out Sam to 12.
2: At with these players? Uh You know what? Maybe Moyes, because I feel like Sam would just not. I don't know if he would be able to make these players work like they're a very attacking squad. And I feel like Big Sam needs his, you know, his muscle men, his big defenders and, you know, grind out his one nils. This this team's not grinding out any one nils. Uh, Let me tell you that when uh, Cyrus Christie, Dennis Odoy, You fucking hate Cyrus Christie. Callum Chambers. I don't know.
0: He's been well taught. Alex hates him. Cyrus the virus. He infects everyone in his team. (laughs)
1: uh but yeah so that that was that was a surprise whether or not Cardiff is Cardiff is out of the relegation zone thanks to that win for now uh for now for
2: now so uh and I think uh, this shows that that Cardiff at least at home they're not complete pushovers right They can maybe get a result here or there and I wouldn't be shocked to to see them maybe get a result against United at home.
0: When they play them this season, it's possible. It's possible. I'm just calling it
2: right now. All right. Here's a here's
0: a hot take for you. Uh, Cardiff will win at most one more game at home this season.
1: They have to play Arsenal. Uh, No, I'm not. I'm not
0: saying. I'm not saying which one. I'm just saying they're only going to win maybe once more this season at home. Like that. That's not going to happen. All right. We'll see. They're still trash. (laughs) They could get. They could get wins
2: versus Huddersfield and Newcastle. They've yeah, got maybe. potential. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> they they already uh, played
0: Newcastle at home and drew nil nil. Oh right. right.
1: Speaking right. of Newcastle, they lost one 0 to Brighton, um, and Watford won two nil
2: over Wolves. Honorary uh, mention to Andrew there, who who picked the right result, but not the right scoreline. I love I love picking. You do Brighton love your Brighton playing top sixteen. You love your talked about
1: this. Chris Hughton's a decent English manager. Uh, Manchester City five, Burnley nil. Aguero in the seventeenth, Bernardo Silva in the fifty fourth, Fernandinho in the fifty sixth, Mares in the eighty third, and Sane to stick one on just to make it a little messier. And like I talked about in the open, Kevin De Bruyne is back, um, and Manchester City really didn't miss him. And this is something we were talking about beforehand before we got on the mics tonight. The, Manchester City has like a ten is. They're they're on points with Liverpool,
2: but they're like ten ten, yeah, they're winning the league. 10 more goals. They're winning the league. They're, like, I don't I care don't what you guys do that, this year. Like, I don't care. Like this, they said they had five different goal scorers, and they really could have had like eight or nine in this game. I mean, it was Aguero had like three guilt edge chances that he missed. All everyone who was there with their Aguero captains, me, <laughs> was just like, oh Aguero, and then like every every game for the last 5 games now he's come off in the 60th or 65th minute and it's infuriating because this team is so good and the fact that you could just they always just get to he's always they're always up like 3-0 in the 60th minute and he, he they just get to bring on you know Kevin De Bruyne Gabriel Jesus and they, sterling didn't even come on this game
1: who's <laughs> they were, who's they worse won
2: 5-0 and sterling got to rest their, who's worse for their league
1: the golden state warriors or manchester city <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs>
0: Neither, <laughs> they're good for the league.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, look, I mean, this is just—it's—it's it's just what we expected. And I mean, too, did anybody expect Burnley to not? We all picked Man City to win. I thought—I thought it wasn't going to be as bad as it was. But um, uh, newsflash, Joe Hart—not the best keeper at times. Um, also, if you hadn't- I've rewatched that hadn't- second
0: goal of Cities a decent amount. And uh, I originally thought that the ball rolled out of bounds, but it definitely or the, the, the ball didn't roll out of bounds, but it definitely did. That's what oh, I said. Yeah, I, was, yeah, I thought I it was out of bounds.
1: I want to talk about this. So this was I thought this was bad by Burnley. Very smart by Manchester City. So there was uh, there was a, a kick at Leroy Sané well, who falls Sané, over.
0: Sané dove. He didn't actually get fouled was the main right. issue.
1: Right. So the entire everybody in the box is like looking back at the referee. The ball's rolling to the edge to the end line and David Silva comes in, grabs gets the ball, fires across across uh, fires across across the box. And Bernardo Silva slams it home. But literally all of Burnley is looking at the referee. No one's playing to the whistle. And Manchester City does what? any ruthless team should do, which is you always play to the whistle. You have no excuse. You are seasoned veterans. You are seasoned professionals. You've been playing this game since you were probably six years old. You play to the whistle. I don't care if there was a player down in the box. If you're Burnley, all you have to do is boot that ball out of bounds and then let the referee do his job. That is unacceptable. And frankly, of all teams in the Premier League, I would least expect this from a Sean Dyche team, especially defensively. But...
0: They're not. They're not that team anymore. It looks like, which is a worry for them. But uh, we haven't seen that from them really this year, uh, not consistently. And I'm hoping that it continues into next week, where Chelsea will face them. So, uh, yeah, yeah. they've
2: they've got a pretty hard run of games coming up. I mean, I don't see Burnley picking up too many points in these next few weeks, and they're, they're another one of those teams that I've been I've been kind of saying this since the beginning of the year. And you know, you guys thought Alex specifically thought that maybe it was just a Europa thing, but it looks like. You know, maybe it's not just Europa. You know, they did have that one four-nil emphatic win where you were like, "Oh, it's Burnley, they're back." But I, I still need a couple more results before I think you know this Burnley side or, or anything close to what they were last year. For me, they're still they're still like a bottom six side. You know, in oh, the league right really? now, from what I've seen. I think they're Here's just like um,
0: mid-table now. I don't I don't think they're actually going to get pulled down in like the relegation battle. I think they'll be fine I, uh, in that regard. I
1: think. I think they're I think I they're know. perfectly mid table. They're two two and five right now.
2: Five five losses is a lot. It's a losses. lot to start to start. I mean uh, they were they they must have lost what like eight games, nine games all of last year. So uh, it only
1: only eight points, and they're only three points clear of the relegation zone. So uh they could they could get wrapped up in it. I don't think that's gonna happen, but they need to get these results against these non top six teams. Uh, for for things to kind of settle for them. Let's jump to 1230. Liverpool got a one nil victory at Huddersfield. Salah in the 24th minute. This was a wild Liverpool starting 11. The likes that we haven't seen. And frankly, the we haven't seen this type of lineup from Liverpool, frankly, since Brendan Rodgers. You saw you saw the D, star D- getting a start.
2: First start Daniel's,
1: of the season. Right? Daniel Sturge starting up top. Uh, not the first start of the season. Maybe in the Premier in the League. Prem. But yeah, that's his, what I mean. Yeah. Maybe not but it's not his first overall start of the season. No, I know you he's saw, played a couple like
2: cup games or whatever.
1: You saw you saw Adam Milana playing in a, from a wide position, which uh is almost as worse as putting Roberto Firmino in a live position in a wide position. And you saw Additionally, you saw Jared and Sakiri return. You saw Milner and Henderson in the midfield. Joe Gomez retained its spot at right back. And Lovren playing at center back. And this is, this is exactly what I was talking about with Spurs earlier. It was not a great match. Uh, Salah had a nice goal. Easily missed out on, on another one late on. Um, and you also had Huddersfield whiff pretty hard on their only, like, they only had one or two chances, but nothing they whiffed really whiffed really hard on their best chance of the game. But this was one of those games for Liverpool where you knew this team walking out of international break was banged up. You knew that Naby Keita is going to be out for the next two weeks. You knew that Mohamed, or that, that Sadio Mane broke his hand in international break and was probably not fit enough for this game. Mohamed Salah and Van Dyke both came back from international break injured. Um, And James Milner had picked up a knock before the break as well. Yeah. What happened to him
0: being out for like a month?
1: Uh, I I remember the story From the Guardian and then like two days later He was back training the dude is inhuman And when he came to Liverpool and they said James Milner is getting the number seven shirt He was the first player to wear it after Luis Suarez I was like what the fuck is this thing is this club Doing I could never be More happy about being wrong about a player Than I was about James Milner like I'm I'm this close to buying a James Milner jersey <laughs> because the man is Fucking relentless he does everything He works hard he doesn't Complain he's good on from a free kick like i know there's a there's a song if i had 11 jamie carragers i could win win anything i would take 11 james milner and i would sign on for that right now i think he's a fantastic player i love watching him but frankly a james milner jordan henderson adam alana midfield for liverpool is this is this is the type of game with the exception of milner this is the type of game that you keep that midfield around for this is huddersfield town This is a team that was not fully fit, fully ready to, you know, they had, they had a game to play. They went out and they got the result. It wasn't exactly perfect. Frankly, it was a little piss poor at times, but these are the important, these are the points you have to get. These are the points that, that Liverpool two years ago was not getting. Um, Virgil van Dijk continues to just boss people around. Um, I really want to see Trent Alexander Arnold return into the lineup, but uh, what I'm excited about for Liverpool, and here's my big spin zone uh, last year, they had a game at home against Karabag. Or actually, I think they went to Carabag. Um, no, we, and we they, played Carabag in the... No, Champions League. Champions I wasn't Carabag. Who was it? It was whatever um, the
0: garbage team in your group in the Champions League was. The one you won 6-0 away from home. <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm. What Liverpool need more than anything is another game like that. They need they need a game against the, a team that has, frankly, no business being on the other side of the pitch from them, and they just need to bang in a shit ton of goals because like it's like the whole team has been striking out at the bar for the last like three weeks, and no one's getting laid. that's just, like, just our lower
0: expectations, everyone.
1: <laughs> right, right. We need to go to a shitty college bar in another state <laughs> where like minimum wage is $5 cheaper, and we're going to go in, and we're just going to... like. Like, anything, you never know what's going to happen. Like, that's what this team needs. Well, I've got is, that
0: college bar for you, Andrew, because you guys are playing Cardiff at home next week.
1: <laughs> I, I know they're playing Cardiff at home, but I think they're playing. Welcome to they're, Bentley's. playing <laughs> they're playing <laughs> They're playing Red Star in the Champions League midweek, and I hope that Another Red one. Star can, yeah, can kind of just lay over and die for us because that's what they need more than anything right now. They just need a good, resounding, just, Kick the shit out of some team. That was Maribor, that's who, right? And they they beat Maribor three um, nil at home, and they built them beat them seven nil on the road. That's that's what they need. Like I think that's the biggest thing that this team is missing. It wasn't a great game. It wasn't a solid performance. But at the end of the day, one, two, three, four, four of these team, four of these players aren't a part of the best eleven. Um, you saw Fabinho come in and get his. First, like, long-term opportunity in the Premier League, and he didn't do anything that was, like, bad. So I'll take that. Um And you saw Daniel Sturge go out there and give a performance, which gave Roberto Firmino, who's coming off a long flight, a lot of rest. It wasn't a great performance, but it was what, the, you know, they got what they needed, and and they rested... And players recovered. So I will take that in this situation every time. And also, Divacarigi made the bench. Maybe he's going to come back. You oh, know, for Jesus.
0: Now. That's a name I haven't heard for a while.
1: Yes. Uh, Everton got a 2 0 victory over Crystal Palace, Calvert Lewin, and Tosun. Uh, Milivojevic missing a penalty in the 60th minute. And then let's go to Monday, uh, where Javier basks in all of his glory. Uh, Arsenal won 3 1. Javier nailed that score. Bayerine giving up the own goal in the thirty-first, uh, Ozil in the forty-fifth, and then Yang coming on and scoring twice in a period in
2: a period of three minutes. So uh, that was shocking, Andrew. I, that's the first time I think I've ever heard you pronounce his name correctly. Wow, Bayerine. That was nice. I took Spanish for two years in, in Middle oh, School. Oh wow. Yeah. Sometimes I even say Bellerin and I'm like, Oh I cringe after I say that and I'm just like, I shouldn't say that <laughs> That was good, Andrew. But no, you're right. I mean I'm I'm a little bit I'm a little bit on my uh my Arsenal hype train right now. Uh, oh, really?
0: We couldn't tell. Oh, you only yeah, started the notice. podcast with a choo-choo.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> and, okay, blew here. Up, and blew up the,
1: the, here. the group chat like all afternoon. Yeah,
2: OK, but that was well-deserved because before the match, you guys were not being very kind to me. And saying things like, Arsenal are going to concede a bunch of goals. You're going to draw. You're not going to win this game. And you know what? For the first 30 minutes, I believed you guys. I was like, oh, God, like this is going to be a horrible game. But it looked like after those first 30 minutes and as soon as we conceded that first goal, I was just like, you know, I just thought to myself, like, all right, like, wake up, guys. Like, let's let's see it. Like, I I knew the goal was coming. Right. Like, we all knew Lester was going to score on
0: us. It, it, they should have had a couple to be honest. They should
2: have had a couple. They should have, Leno made some Leno made a couple nice nice saves, um especially the one at the the point blank header from Harry Maguire.
0: Was it holding that had the handball also? He could have been sent off for that if well, it was okay, like another Okay, okay, that was that
2: was that was interesting because if you actually see the uh the It was a the, handball Javier. Okay, and obviously it was a clear-hand ball. Just making sure the other player. Through. No, the other player pushed him and that's why his hand like flopped over and hit the ball. I think that's the only reason why the ref didn't call it cuz you see the ref is right in front of the play, you He's know. It's not like the ref it, didn't yeah. see it, right? Like the ref is clearly looking at that play. I think it would have been also extremely harsh to send him off at that point. And if you call the penalty, you have to send him off. So I'm like Yeah, I'm not saying you guys I understand are lucky why, why it didn't off. happen right I understand why it didn't happen I think it was a little bit harsh on Leicester. um but they did get a goal like right after pretty deservedly a pretty lucky goal you know so I think karma was on their side was there. it
0: was it deserved or was it lucky
2: no no I'm saying it like I'm saying it was a lucky goal but it was deserved it was it was it, it it can't was, be both Javier. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't <laughs> so those like are co- those are conflicting things you're saying <laughs> I'm saying the goal the coming of the goal itself was lucky hence an own goal. Right off of a cross. Okay, you're sp- specific. Okay, the run of play was such that they deserved that. Okay, but okay.
0: <laughs> just now, sh- it just after very... that goal,
2: after we after they scored that goal, uh, Emery actually switched Iwobi to the right wing, and as soon as Iwobi switched over to the right wing, Chilwell, who had just been absolutely marauding down that left flank, um, just tearing Bellarin to shreds for the first thirty minutes. Suddenly he, he couldn't really do that. He had to stick a little bit further back, and Iwobi was actually tracking back. Mikatarian wasn't tracking back very much. Emery took him off very quickly um, in the beginning of the second half, and pretty much after that, tactical change was made. Lester just didn't didn't really ever get any more chances in the game. Uh, as soon as Iwobi moved to that right wing, the the their threat. That was all coming down from that wing was was nullified, and suddenly we started looking really threatening. And I, I just saw us growing and growing into the game, and I kind of saw the equalizer coming before halftime. And as soon as it did, I, I knew we were going to win the game. It 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 feels like now with Arsenal, there's kind of like a you know there's there's a ramping up going on in these games, and I can tell that. You know, even if it it seems like a lot of the times at the beginning, we're not getting it right and and we're going a goal down or we're not starting off well. But Emery is making really good tactical adjustments and bringing on the correct players and realizing his mistakes, which is what just gives me hope for this team, you know, moving forward. Can I
0: take it from there? Because my point kind of like that kind of leads into what I was thinking coming out of this match was that like. I almost thought to myself, do you think Emery is not on purpose having like you guys obviously aren't like having bad starts to games on purpose, but there is like a there is like a very set sort of uh like blueprint now for how these Arsenal wins are happening and like the three games that come to mind are this Leicester game, the Everton game a few weeks ago and the Watford game a few weeks ago. Those right. those two games you guys won 2-0, but in the first half, you you wouldn't say that Arsenal like deserved to go down, but there were significant chances for players like like Theo Walcott for Everton and uh, Deeney and Gray had some chances for Watford. That like one v one, you would usually expect them to take those chances. And once our, once teams have like figured out Arsenal, uh, you can they can be got at in the back. They start playing out a bit too much, get a little bit overconfident, and Arsenal just do them on the counter. And I was so frustrated. I didn't think Leicester would do that today. I thought they would be fine with the 1-1, kind of like keep the game close, sit deep like they did for most of the first half, and like invite the fullbacks to come forward. That was the whole reason why Chilwell uh, and, and Pereira were getting like so much space in behind uh, behind those fullbacks because you guys had a good amount of the ball and were like trying to pin them back. But Chilwell was like athletic enough to like, get in behind Bellerin and cause him problems. But then obviously that that Iwobi switch that you mentioned and then Leicester all of a sudden in the second half, I think it was in reaction to going down to that really nice like defense splitting pass that Ozil had for the second. They started to like press up and they hadn't been doing it for the whole first half. And I honestly don't really remember a time where I have thought of Leicester as like a good pressing team. Like you, you kind of want them to sit in their own half a little bit and kind of initiate their press from, from that position rather than get pulled up the field. 'Cause once they've got pulled up the field, Arsenal just split them apart for that third goal. It was easy. It was like a knife through butter. That third goal was absolutely beautiful. I'm just, just saying that third, goal, that third goal doesn't happen if Leicester don't press. Like why why would you why would you press if you're Leicester? There's no benefit to it. You're not good at it. You never have been. Uh like stop trying and sit yeah, back. Yeah, those and, first and thirty minutes they were
2: they were sitting deep and, and just it, it looked like they were a really well organized and and well you know, and, and we're yeah. defending really well. We didn't really create much those first 30 minutes. Right. But the thing about Arsenal is in the past, I would have thought like teams that sit back like that and frustrate us and play on the counter, they, they used to have, I think, more success. I think you're seeing now with Arsenal that if teams do that, then, you know, we have the ability to play out the back. We have the ability to bring, to make the other team have to come out of the shell. And I think that that's the biggest difference between under Emery and under Fenger is that if, if, You know they're sitting in low blocks. We have the uh, the fullbacks who are able to get forward, and it seems like this team actually has learned to cross the ball, because under Wenger it was one of my biggest frustrations that the players they would get to the byline and they would mess up the cross, and there was it was players like Walcott, Ramsey, um, you know even Bayadin and and Monreal just. Not good at crossing, but it seems like Emery, you know, he must be making them cross hundreds of times a day because the entire team now crosses the ball a lot better. And we're getting a lot of goals from cutbacks, from crosses, um, you know, tap ins across the
0: box. Like, I think uh, two I of our that, goals were like that today. I, I don't think that's crossing at that point. I think that's just a nice square ball. Those two. Sure, guys, nice those, square balls. But oh, I, I, the, uh, but uh, the first one. The first one, yeah. The Bel- first one, Bellerin's one, yeah. cross was. Perfectly placed in Ozil's finish. But I think in
2: excellent. the past, like bayadian be- has been missing those crosses, you know. And, and yeah. It, it's and he, and he had he had two assists this game, and you know could have easily had three or four. Uh, it, it seems like we also Aubameyang coming off the bench. That's a that seems to be a pretty potent <sighs> weapon that's... that no one has been able to handle yet so far. I mean, the last two games that's two braces off of the bench in two games. Like, I, I, not many people have a weapon like that off of their bench. Maybe Manchester City, but. Aubameyang for but Golden definitely. Boot is back on the menu, boys. <laughs> yeah, Aubameyang, top scorer. My <laughs> and he's got six goals pick. now. But yeah, I'm, I'm so over, about overall, that. guys, I'm not I'm not that hype about Arsenal. I mean, I thought that this was going to happen, Shut right? I, I said this. I, hold on, listen. I said this on the pod. I said this like weeks ago. I said choo, I thought we were going to win. I know. I thought we were going to win 12 straight games going into the Liverpool game. And I still think that until we, if we don't at least get a draw against Liverpool, all of these wins are going to be in for nothing. Like, even if we win these next two games, go in with 12 wins in the Liverpool game, and we lose to Liverpool at home, everyone's just going to be like, oh yeah, same old arsenal. Like, uh, great. You know, All right, so that's me. <laughs> so so I'm not convinced yet. I understand the the skeptics are out there, and defensively, yeah, we weren't great this game, but we did have Licksteiner playing left back, Rob Holding starting, and then Jaka played. Granted, Xhaka played left back the entire second half.
0: Yeah, that what was, was that, we what,
2: brought, what was that cute little nickname you had for Holding again in the group chat? Holdini, Holdini,
0: Holdini. But
2: you know. He he actually he actually did a really he was really nervous in that first half especially right after he got that yellow. It's it's after
0: Houdini because he disappears at big moments. Ah, <laughs>
2: yeah. but in the second half he actually was
0: really really good and yeah, showed he up. So yeah, uh, it was it was it was a joke I, I, I had to make. Okay, I'm sorry. It was
2: it was you saw you saw a little bit of Jacqueline Hyde from him, but I mean he's still a young guy and you know as our as our like fourth string center back he still does a decent job. So you know who's, you know who's a better center back, Joe Gomez.
0: Yeah, he's, also, Joe, Joe he's also one of your starters. So. Right, he's
1: your starter. He's like, okay. I know, you but know. he
2: put Dan Lovren, who got to a World Cup and a Champions League final last year. Also, a, a, a note about Mesut Ozil. I'm not going to gush about him, but I did think that this game he was set up for success.
0: I thought that He dominated, man.
2: Before the game, I did say this to both both of you. You guys were both kind of making fun of Ozil and saying, oh look, Ozil's starting, you're not gonna win. And I said to both of you, I said That was me. You don't have to drag Andrew into this. No, I did. I said I said it on the but I'm saying I said it in the group chat. I said, I think this is gonna be Ozil's best game. And I think that was because he had Xhaka, Torera, and Mikatarian behind him, and he was allowed to play in a more forward role, and he really didn't have to track back at all this game, right? Torera was just Torreira was great again just every time that you know that the that Leicester City had the ball there were a few times they were able to get getting behind us in that first half but after that Torreira you know got got smart to what they were doing and just completely shut them out and I just want to say if Oziel's given that freedom you can see what he can do like in this game but it's not it doesn't it's obviously you you, you don't think that it can happen against high quality opposition maybe Emery's the manager who's going to find a way for Ozil to do it in these big games, I don't know. This was this was the best blueprint I've seen of it. Um, but we'll obviously see if, if he can do it in the Liverpool game. I think that's that's going to be the biggest test, right?
0: Yeah, that's the test. I'm waiting until after that to cast further judgment.
1: Yeah, we still got we still got some time. We still got another Premier League game to play before that. We've got Champions League games and Europa League games to play in between there. So still got a little bit of time. One big world football note coming up. We do have El Clasico coming up this weekend. Uh, Leonel Messi pulling up with an injury. Obviously, no Cristiano Ronaldo on the other side, but uh, keep an eye out for that one. Um, Yeah, this El Clasico is
2: probably going to be a snoozer now. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) no Rio, no Cristiano. Is anyone still, gonna watch it anymore?
1: Like I'm still gonna watch it. It's it's that's not the point. It's just because it, both teams need the points. So uh, as we talked about during the catch up episode. Um, but that wraps up everything here. Go follow us on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. Also on SoundCloud. We're on Google Play. I need to get us on Spotify. It's on my list of things to do. Follow us on Twitter at Andrew Passaro at asmos 92 GhostGoldPod, and at Javier Javier Nine on Instagram for Javier. Um and that wraps up everything here until the midweek episode. See ya.